Welcome to Innovation Destination, the podcast channel for supply chain industry professionals. This episode is part of our Executive Perspective series, where we will hear from the C-suite of the electronics and manufacturing industry. Here's your host, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Connect, Tyler Fussner. Bill, welcome to the show. Could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Thanks. I'm Bill Bradford. I'm the president of Flip Electronics. Flip Electronics is an eight-year-old specially authorized distributor of electronic components, namely semiconductors. And uh, very happy to say we're the fastest growing authorized distributor in the U.S. for the past two years, according to electronic sourcing. So uh, uh, very happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. So can you tell me a little bit about Flip Electronics? I mean, even going back to the naming of Flip Electronics, where did that come from? Yeah, so Flip Electronics was started eight years ago by Jason Murphy, our founder, and uh, he actually started the company at his kitchen table. Um, he had a concept to start a distributor that was focusing on this underserved part of the industry, this, this, you know, these obsolescence, aged, you know, slow-moving parts that weren't getting much attention. And he just felt that, you know, the suppliers had this, this issue where th- they weren't getting value for this inventory. It was just sitting on their shelves, maybe whip that wasn't being developed. And uh, he and his wife, who helped him start the company, just, you know, as they were thinking about it, they're saying, we've got to help these suppliers just flip this flip this stuff into the customers. We know there's customers for this stuff, but we're not connecting the dots. So they, you know, came up with, uh, uh, Jason jokes that all the other good URLs were taken, but, you know, they're flipping this inventory that suppliers just weren't getting full value on um, in, in a way that customers would appreciate and, and uh, you know, would solve a problem for both parties. So that's that's how the name uh, came up and uh, thought it was catchy and we have a lot of fun with it. You know, our, our employees, we have a, a employee-driven initiative that serves the local community, and it's, uh, it's uh, all our employees get together once a quarter and talk about a s- specific need. You know, it might be a food drive or a clothing drive, but we call that or that uh, initiative, we give a flip, right? And, uh, you, you know, it's just, w- we call our employees flippers. Uh, we have uh, our core values, you know, our, our stated intention, which is a key driver of our culture. We call our flipism. So, so we have a lot of fun with the name. It's, it's uh it's, it, it's, I think it grows on you. <laughs> no. Awesome. Um, so let's kind of just dive right into it. And, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is how Flip has adjusted over the past couple of years. Um, you know, there's definitely been a lot of changes in the industry. Can you tell me a little bit about um, any changes that Flip has implemented to help navigate, um, you know, any supply chain backlogs or the changes that the industry has faced? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, haven't been in this industry for about 35 years now. I've seen a lot of these cycles. So mm-hmm. we've been kind of through another classic one where the last couple of years, you know, we, we just could not get enough parts to satisfy our customers. You know, we're in a highly constrained environment. Most of the end markets for computer chips were on fire. And there were a lot of supply chain disruptions that, you know, contributed to the difficulties, you know, everything from COVID a couple of years ago to just uh, other supply chain disruptions, the, the, the activity in Europe, um, the, the ongoing geopolitical issues with China uh, and, and resulting in the tariffs and, uh, you know, just so many things that have impacted uh, the supply of semiconductors have made it a real challenge. And, you know, pretty suddenly, as these cycles always do, about mid, you know, Q3 last year in 2022, 
we suddenly saw you know a little bit of weakness in demand particularly for consumer and notebook computer um, but uh, at the same time just enough of a slowdown where supply rapidly caught up and all these customers that were you know accumulating inventory and trying to trying to get enough product in-house to to make their end product just just suddenly got deluged in inventory and so you know again as often happens we went from uh, a, a market of scarcity to one of overabundance almost overnight you know in the the let's say the fourth quarter of 2022 and the first quarter of 2023 we've seen a lot of inventory buildup whether that's with the end customers in the distribution channel or with a supplier base and we're just now starting to see you know we're what mid midway through q2 and just now starting to see um, those inventories at least leveling out. I'm not sure if they're actually improving yet, but they're, they're not growing any longer, right? So that's the first sign, right? Inventories have to stop growing, <laughs> flatten out, and then start to deplete. And I think we're just on that cusp, which gives me encouragement. I think over the next couple quarters, we'll start to see a depletion of the inventory. Um, I think the underlying factors driving demand are still relatively healthy. So I'm, I'm still very bullish. By the end of the year, we start to return to some growth and still on a trajectory to be a trillion dollar industry by the end of the decade. You know, it's gonna be choppy as our industry always has been getting to a trillion dollars. But uh, you know, I think, I think if you take out all, the, all these little uh, cyclical headaches that we have to deal with, it's still a very exciting industry to, to be a part of. So flip, uh, you know, how, how we've kind of dealt with this, we, we really, um, tend to thrive in both types of markets because of how our whole model has been focused on solving industry challenges in the supply chain, whether that's end-of-life product, you know, product that's been obsoleted, product that maybe is aged or slow moving on the supplier side, but from a customer standpoint, you know, these parts that are just hard to get, they're not found in the traditional channel, they might be kind of hidden inventory, they might have been parts that have been obsoleted a couple of years ago, and customers still desperately need them and so we focus really heavily on that end of life long tail support of semiconductor products and you know when when the market starts to shift while maybe the customer demands aren't the same all of a sudden it you know we tend to get better exposure to some of the su supply of critical elements that that other customers may need so so we definitely have to shift when this happens but uh, you know we've got a model that kind of works in both both environments yeah. awesome yeah, and like you said, you know, it's it, it can definitely seem cyclical. Um, these fluctuations come and go, and um, you know, it seems like it's uh, paramount to be set up to be able to react to those and and stay stay fluid, be able to move with the industry as it does. Um, and I think you know we're hearing a lot of talk about uh, the integration of technology from a distributor's perspective, being able to uh, help with that. And um, so I was just curious if you can uh, touch on maybe some integration of technology. Um, from Flip's perspective, are you guys, you know, tying in any AI or machine learning? Um, and, uh, you know, if so, how has that been integrated to help you uh, address any supply chain challenges? Great question. Yeah, it, you know, it's it, it's interesting you, you mentioned AI because it's also also one of the key drivers of our industry just mm -hmm. from a chip usage, right? All the, all the compute, all the networking, uh, the infrastructure that has to go into support the, the just massive computing power to um, to enable the AI right. um, but yeah we, we so we focus very heavily on analytics uh, when we're buying inventory that 
is by nature um, inventory that, that may be very aged or may have to support customers for multiple years and possibly even decades, we've got to be very careful about how we're tying up working capital. So we leverage a lot of analytics, um, market demand, inventory that's in the channel, um, pricing trends, uh, inventory velocity from a variety of sources, you know, both the authorized channel but also the, the broker market because it, you know, that, that really impacts ultimately what, what customers are going to uh, end up doing to keep a, you know, keep a system running. So we're just now beginning to look at machine learning and AI to try to both speed up that process of analyzing inventory, you know, which again really informs what we buy and, and to whom and for how much we can sell product, right? You know, the, the, the more data we have and the quicker we can process that data, the better. And so we are, uh, interestingly now this summer, working with interns to help uh, from an AI perspective to try to automate some of these business processes that, that, uh, that have driven Flip to this point. Yeah, awesome, yeah, that's exciting. Um, you know, when you're using this uh, technology, and um, you know, automating a lot of these processes. Are you seeing uh, or hearing any feedback from your customers, or um, has the customer's perspective changed? Are there different expectations with um, you know the availability the availability of this technology? Um, you know, do they have a different expectation for, uh, for of their distributors? Are they asking different questions? You know, that's a good question. I I don't know that I've seen a change in behavior that I could pinpoint to kind of a, an AI approach or machine learning approach. I mean, certainly the buying community continues to get more and more sophisticated, mm -hmm. um, but I think their need for um, creative solutions continues to, to, to grow as well. You, you know, the, 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 the danger of the gray market, you know, people can't find, if customers can't find computer chips and as a last resort go to the gray market, the, the implications of that are pretty significant to their business. You, you know, the, the amount of counterfeit activity that goes on in the gray, gray market, and when we say counterfeit, that's not just, you know, producers of fake chips, you know, something that looks like an Intel chip. It, you know, by counterfeiting, when we talk semiconductors, that can be everything from genuine parts that have been mishandled or maybe reclaimed and refurbished and sold as new, um, maybe just mis. Uh, mishandled, but anything that can destroy the integrity of the quality or long-term reliability of that product is lumped into this this uh, uh, classification of, of counterfeit product. But if you introduce a counterfeit risk into a product, you know it's one thing if it goes into your electric toothbrush, right? But if it's going into a you know a, a navigation uh, for, for an aircraft or you know critical military defense. Uh, missile system, uh, you know, obviously the, the implications are life-threatening, right? And so uh, having a uh, true traceable product, having an authorized um, model of, uh, you know, of a supply chain partner really helps to alleviate any of those concerns um, uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, for all the analytics the customer can do, if, if they're not 100% assured that they're getting authorized product, they're gonna put their supply chain and therefore their end product and their end customers at risk. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. You know, and, and speaking to the customers, um, they're looking for these partnerships and uh, they're looking for these solutions that you can offer. Um, in working with your customers, are you hearing um, any trending p pain points across the industry? Are customers uh, struggling with the same things? You know, we're coming out of, um, you know, we've had the ongoing pandemic, and, and certainly that was uh, something. It's 
what are they what are they struggling with today? Is it uh, inflation focused? Um, maybe others. Um, what, do you, what are you hearing from your customers? Yeah, I, I'd say a variety of things that are challenging in this environment. Um, on the economic side, certainly the the rise in interest rates has an effect on our customers as well as our, our ourselves. Right when uh, you know your cost of carrying inventory increases dramatically when you uh, you know when the the cost of capital increases as dramatically as it has over the past several quarters. Um, particularly, with, you know, in Flip's case, where we're focused on holding inventory for long periods of time to support long life, you know, obsolete requirements of our customers, uh, it gets more and more expensive to put that kind of inventory on our shelves. Uh, so that that definitely is a challenge. I know you were talking about uh, customers going into what you've referred to as the gray market. You know, is that more of the customers going out and um, finding their own avenues for purchase and uh, you know, how has that changed the role of uh, suppliers or distributors, um, knowing that, you know, customers can, can go out there, pick and choose, maybe find their own path. Uh, how does that change what you can offer, what uh, problems you can solve for people that are trying to find what, they, what they're looking for? Yeah, so, d you know, th the gray market for electronic components is always existed, um, you know, it, it serves a legitimate need when, when customers can no longer get a product through an authorized channel. But as I mentioned earlier, it, it comes at a risk and customers will always prefer to eliminate or diminish that risk. Um, so you eliminate or diminish that risk by either buying direct from the manufacturer or only buying through their authorized sources, their authorized distributors. Um, you know, what happens in the gray market um, with, uh, you know, distributors that may not be authorized is, you know, that w where do they get their product? If not from the authorized suppliers, they'll get it from customer excess, um, which might be, you know, perfectly fine product, but it might not be, you know, and it's it, without that traceability, it's hard to, to be sure. Um, it might be product that was reclaimed from a board and refurbished, and it might, again, truly be from counterfeit product. And, I mean, these counterfeit products uh, get more and more sophisticated, um, you know, and, and s some of the bad actors will produce a, um, a chip package with the markings on it that looks exactly like, you know, a, a microprocessor, and, um, but there's no dye in it, or maybe there's a non-functioning dye. Maybe there's even a copycat dye, but, you know, it's not going to... Uh, contain the same reliability. Their methods get more and more sophisticated. Uh, for example, if you have a tape and reel of electronic components with a thousand parts on the reel, typically a customer, if they haven't bought those from an authorized source, will want to test some of the product to make sure it's good. So they may take the first three or four parts off that reel, decapsulate them, look inside, make sure there's a chip there, make sure it looks like an authentic chip, do some testing on the product, and then if that's good, they assume the reel's correct. Well, the counterfeiters now will put the first 10 parts as genuine parts and then counterfeit, uh, you know, parts on the rest of the reel. So, you know, it gets by that initial test. I mean, they get, you know, whatever testing and, um, uh, you know, methods that the suppliers or that the customers put in place to try to protect themselves, the, 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 the bad actors are always trying to, you know, keep keep up or get one step ahead. So yeah. it's 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 a real issue. I mean, it's there's reports that it's a 17 billion dollar issue. So this isn't you know a little one off. It, it's it's a major issue for our industry and and really can put critical systems at risk if it's not addressed. So. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of pivot here and, and uh, hear a little bit more about uh, from Flip and what you guys are doing. Um, as distributors at large in the industry are developing um, and offering maybe new capabilities. 
and the uh, the new services that you're offering, how are you using uh, any of this to manage your internal projects? Um, how are you guys integrating um, not so much customer focused but flip focused on um, you know integrating new um, capabilities on your processes? So. You know, one of the most exciting things Flip's done very recently is uh, we made our first acquisition of a company called Resurgent Semiconductor. Um, it's now a wholly owned subsidiary of Flip called Resurgent Manufacturing Services, or RMS. And Resurgent has a capability to extend the life of a semiconductor device. So up, up until very recently, our solution for our customers was to find ways to stockpile obsolete inventory to serve their long-term needs. But once that material ran out, we didn't really have a good solution for them. Now with Resurgent, we can work with our supplier partners to license a manufacturing flow and continue to supply a part well past its last time by date, um, which makes, you know, solves tremendous problems for customers that may need to support a system requirement for another uh, several years to even several decades. Um, and with the arrangements we make with our supplier partners, it allows them to continue to uh, profit from that engagement as well. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one way in which we, we looked, in this case, through acquisition to come up with a new capability that um, would build on our traditional support of customers and the lice with, you know, uh, just a brand new capability that, that, that can really solve uh, immensely uh, greater and more complex problems for them. Yeah. Awesome. How do you feel that the distribution space and its customers are going to evolve? Uh, what's coming down the road in the next 6, 12, 24 months? You know, what does the future of the yeah. industry look like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I think the, the role of distributors continues to be pretty critical because the pervasiveness of chips in our global economy just continues to grow, right? It's, we're no longer driven by one or two sectors, you know, by PCs or by cell phones, but literally anything you can think of now has a chip in it. And, you know, EVs, for example, have more than 10 times the amount of chips that a, a normal car has, right? And so as the EV comes out, you know, it's just chi chips are, are literally everywhere now. So with this ubiquitous nature of chips, it means that uh, it's more and more impossible for the suppliers to serve all their customers, because literally any company now that produces a product is likely a chip consumer. You know, they're likely putting electronics into their systems. So companies rely more and more on distributors to be able to do this outreach for this long tail of customers. And I think, you know, for distributors to be successful in managing those, uh, that long tail into these trends, uh, they've got to get better and better at understanding significant, you know, big data problems, right? When you've got such a long tail of, of customers that are using this myriad level of chips in a variety of applications, they've got to use big data, they've got to use um, analytics and increasingly machine learning, increasingly AI to try to get ahead of the, the, the game. I think that companies that can adopt machine learning and AI quickly in terms of how they think about analyzing a market, how they think about defining products and solutions, and how they think about pricing their products and serving their customers, those are going to be the winners in the economy. I mean, this, this technology is, is evolving so rapidly that uh, customers or, or companies have to invest now to make sure they're not going to be left behind by that, that revolution. 
And you're seeing it, you know, not just in uh, how we, you know, what we need to use to be better at what we do in, in supplying semiconductors into the critical needs, but, it, you know, it, it's a massive consumer of chips, as I mentioned earlier, you know, all the, all the compute power that's needed for AI. And you just see all the many customers that are springing up in the AI field right now. It's, it's, it's a very exciting place to be in the electronics and technology space. Yeah, awesome. So thank you for sitting down and joining us, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be on your show. Awesome. Next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovation Destination. Follow us online at supplychainconnect.com or find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest supply chain industry news. Do you have any questions or is there a topic you would like us to cover in a future episode? please contact us at editors at supplychainconnect.com. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-S at supplychainconnect.com.